Appreciate you tuned in this week. Make sure you check out last week's episode. The Democratic Conundrum. Definitely talking about kind of Democratic Party right now, going through the primaries and just the various aspects are going on and just some moving components that go along with it as well. And just it really is a conundrum. So make sure you check out that episode. But this week we're going to switch some things up. Talk a little bit about society. Talk a little about how people work, sociology. So let's get into it. Without further ado, make sure you stay tuned, you stay hip, you stay connected. Alright, so, today we get to talk about something, one of my favorite topics, and that's people. People are very interesting. And in our society, which is a very diverse um, integration of various you know, races, religions, genders, sexual orientation, political... Uh, you know, alignment, uh, you know, faith, religion, so many different components, right? And with all that comes different opinions and comes oftentimes emotion. And emotion, as we know, is a very strong component in a lot of decisions that people make. And emotion made in decisions can be good and sometimes be made bad. And so it's always very important to have balance, Right. And I think a lot of people, especially in society, we think on based on a lot of emotions. You see a lot, especially in politics. Politics, especially now in today's climate, is such a political, such an emotional roller coaster, if you will. Where everyone is basing their logic and facts, oftentimes, off emotion. Why they, they may hate somebody. A lot of people hate Trump, right? So everything is just like, hey, how we hate, we gotta get him out of here. There's so much emotion and stuff, right? You have people who are, um, who, you know, defend Trump, who are with Trump. And you see those attack. You know what I'm saying? The left's trying to get us and everything. The witch hunt. You know what I mean? So it's emotion. We got to fight back and everything. Emotion, emotion. And it's very interesting because emotion is also very easy to be manipulated and exploited and made into a large monetary gain. And that is what the mainstream media understands. That's what social media people understand. How to contain and manipulate that emotion. And people get caught in it on a daily basis. They really do. And with that emotion, 
it can shape and alter perception, how you view things. And I think a lot of people don't even realize how much that can happen on a daily basis. So especially perception. So it's very interesting, especially with the media, how the media can show one thing and spin it in three different ways. It's kind of like, for example, like the number nine and six. If from one direction, right, let's say the number nine and six is on the ground, someone looking forward at it sees a nine. Someone staying in the opposite direction sees a six. Both of them claim one's a nine, one a six. Both are right. Both different answers. It's like two things can be right at the same time. I feel like we forget that. And it's like, again, how stuff can always be spun. I always look at examples, especially like, I mean, what did this presidency, but especially last presidency with Obama, because I saw like all, like, all the media, how they always would like, show something and spin it. Like the same thing, for example, right? So let's say Obama had a press conference. At the press conference, it comes out and he has a Pepsi soda on the podium. CNN comes out reports. President Obama has endorsed Pepsi. MSNBC comes out and says, President Obama has denounced Sprite. And then Fox News comes out and says, President Obama is an undercover Coke supporter. <laughs> but you see like how like literally like the same event, one thing, right, can be spun in three different directions. And oftentimes that caters to people's biases, caters to people's emotions. These news networks and stuff and these different outlets on social media, they know demographically wise what type of people are watching and looking at this news. So of course they're going to cater to that emotion. And we get, I think, so many oftentimes caught up in that emotion. And, you know, I see especially, you know, with this presidency, a lot of people are now trying to be more aware of politics and what's going on. You know, on one hand, I think that's good. You know what I'm saying? That we, people are starting to, you know, trying to get involved and stay informed. But on the other hand as well, I think a lot of people are getting their emotions and stuff manipulated and kind of finessed. So when I say that, right, how people are getting like the emotions and energy finessed, it's like one thing I've observed is very, so I'm like an independent, right? I look at everything from two sides of every coin, right? And looking at it from, you know, not a Democrat or Republican side, right? From observing both people. I have friends and stuff like that who are Democrat, liberal, leftist, to people who are conservative, right? Trump supporters, right? And I follow people on Twitter on both sides and everything. So trust me, I get a real balanced perspective and stuff like that of what's going on, of at least what people are feeling. And so it's so interesting, right? So you see how, like, some people I see who, um, you know, one thing Trump likes to, you know, claim is the economy's doing well, right? Which it is. And there's some people who like to say, well, that's because of um, President Obama's um, effect on the economy. And I've seen people who like basically almost anything, accomplishment, anything good that Trump has done, a lot of people claim, well, that's because of the effect Obama has done, right? But then it's like at the same time, any negative thing Trump has done is a unilateral Trump decision, right? And people really have come to almost accept that point somehow. And it's like on the other side as well, I've seen people on the right who like, you know what I mean? They definitely will call out Obama's, you know, I mean, Trump's accomplishments on saying Trump did it. And then anything else that, you know, I mean, is negative. Well, you know, Obama did that as well. And so it's like, well, look, these two things can't 
be like that. I mean, there has to be some, a combination of both happening at the same time. Two things can happen at the same time, right? Is that possible? And, you know, it's like, I feel like in the past eight years under the Obama administration, you know, I, you know, I don't think people were as politically conscious as they were now. I think a lot of people had a lot of good waiver support into Obama. And one thing I want to point out as well, from a leadership perspective, you may not explain this. Obama and Trump actually have very similar leadership styles. Now, when you hear that, some people are like, whoa, 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 Obama and Trump, oh, they're not the same. Okay. But what I talk about is because from a leadership perspective, they were have what you call charismatic leaders. Okay, so it's a leadership style, just like servant leadership is one, authentic leadership is one, transactional leadership is one. Um, I mean, there's there's so many different various components of leadership in different styles, right? But a charismatic leader um, is, a, is a style that's particular to a lot of people. And Trump and Obama both have similar in that regard because the thing that uh, aroused their base and people like them is their, is their charm, is their charisma, is their swag. Look, Obama was a smooth talker, man, a smooth dude. Know the right thing to say. Know how to play the crowd. Know he talks everything cool. It's a cool guy, right? Like, that's Obama. I mean, I want. I listen. I could go on today about my negative stuff on Obama, but look, he's a smooth dude. Okay, not making you a better person, but smooth dude. But Trump though has similar too. Man, he's a smooth talker. He's funny. <laughs> he be wild, but that's he's authentic, and he has charisma. That's why he gets his base and stuff like that. He knows what to say. And so again, it's perception, right? You know, it depends on your energy and demographic and stuff like that, who these people cater to. And so, we always got to keep that in mind and stuff like that. Like, you know, we can't get mad off of one thing. For example, we can't sit here and say that President Obama's only scandal was a, a tan suit. It's like, no, come on now. It's like, no, look. Again, with the media, a lot of people say, right, for example... A lot of people don't think Trump has done anything good at all for his country, right? Because they say, well, if he did, we, I would hear about it. Okay. So my question is, where are you going to hear about it from? If you're going to watch, what, probably NSNBC, CNN, CBS, NBC, something like that, those news stations, which oftentimes cater to uh, a more left, democratic, liberal um, aspect to it. Not saying the news, I'm not going to call it fake news, I'm not going to go that far and say that, but I will say at the time, they have a bias, okay? Um, in the same aspect, when, when President Obama was in office, people would say, well, if you did anything wrong, I would hear about it. My thing was, well, how? Are you going to go over to Fox News and watch that stuff? Okay, probably not. Right? And so, I don't know how you really get a balanced opinion because two things aren't mutually exclusive. They can't both happen like that. Like, if you're not going to, like, listen or see the other side of something, how can you say something? Where are you expecting to get that information from? My prime example, I'll say this, right? And unfortunately, you know, we had, you know, at, at the border, um, the detention centers and kids held in cages. There's imagery and stuff that was pointed out there and, you know, families separated and stuff and having a Trump administration. But although Trump has been, you know, uh, strong on immigration and has vocally talked about, expressed it, right? Um, that, that's from the Obama administration. It is. And the funny part, not even funny, but ironic part, a lot of those pictures and stuff like that that we circulated of these detention centers were from the Obama administration as well. 
Um, there was something that Obama should admit. He remember people forget Obama was again a smooth dude, but he deported the most immigrants in this country's history. That's a fact. You know, that happened now. I'm talking about you know, talk about just a gray suit. Who asked those people? All those millions, and millions, and he deported. And how was that just a gray suit? How was that a tan suit? Excuse me. Or the drone strikes, or the militarization of the police, or the illegal spying on American citizens. I mean, these things happen. I mean, I talk about them. Operation Fast and Furious. Woof. I mean, these things happen now. So I'm just saying, perception. Okay? You can't sit here and say that. Where are you expecting to hear it from? And when I talked about that, especially the detention centers, it's like, I asked my, told my family members about, there's astute people, smart, fair. I asked him, I said, okay, how many of y'all know Obama did, had to start to use detention centers and separate families and lock kids in cages? He said, no, he didn't. That's Trump. He said, no, I have an Obama administration. And it's funny because they all were like, what? No. They, and one of the main thing was, well, if he would have done it, I would have heard about it. And he's a smart and astute people who, may, who pay attention to news and politics stuff. I'm like, well, were, were you going to show Fox News and hear it? I mean, it's just saying, like, you're not going to, why, how would you hear it? And that's how I feel a lot of people, it's like, it's kind of, it's like terrifying, but it's like how people are, we're so outraged at that action, but then we sit around and say Obama's only flaw was a scandal was a tan suit. Just because the media didn't talk about it didn't mean it didn't happen. If a tree falls in the forest, does it make a, tree, does it make a sound? I mean, it's kind of the same philosophy. Vice versa, for a lot of people who are on the right and Trump supporters and stuff, you know, for all this stuff that's been happening for, you know, the past whole presidency, a lot of the, you know, the Democrats have accused them of things, you know, from the impeachment process and the Mueller report and all the various different components and alleged crimes. And, you know, it's been traded as, you know, as a witch hunt, if you will. Right. And it's like, OK, well, if you only watch like Fox News or like Breitbart or something like that, it's like. Well, where are you going to hear about the negative stuff at all? Cause it's a cultural war. It's an emotional war. So it's like you're not gonna turn in MSNBC, MSNBC or CNN or anything like that because those have now been dubbed fake news. Which I'll be honest, I mean, you know, propaganda standpoint, Trump administration people have done a good job at that. Have made it seem like anything they say is 100% wrong and negative. And a lot of times they do be capping. I'll be honest, MSNBC, CNN, they do be capping. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a stack, yo. They really do. Some of it is fake news. Vice versa, sometimes Fox News is fake news as well. But it's got this point as well. Sometimes I actually turn to Fox News because only people are actually talking about some shit that's happening. It's crazy. Excuse my French. But with that being said, people at the same time, they get manipulated because it's like they look for, they don't, if they don't, they think all oh, those news sources are automatically fake news and automatically discredit it, then that means that if there is some actual stuff like that has some credence to it, you know what I mean, against Trump or some negative stuff happening, you're automatically going to say, well, that's not true. That's just fake news. That's just them. If you don't believe that. And I think sometimes as well that box you into a corner because you don't get a full perspective of what's happening as well. And when you want to sit around and blame the left and, I don't know, call them libtards and stuff and everything, which sometimes they are. But you just say those things like that, a rhetoric, I was like, well, bruh, you're doing the same exact thing. Uh, the right sometimes can be just as emotional just as complaining as much as the left. It's no different. 
you always have different perceptions. That's all it comes down to. So I think people really need to understand why perception and emotion and how it is manipulated and monetized and used against you on a daily basis. All right. So I think a big uh, example, kind of recently you're talking about emotion. And when I talk about emotion, right, for example, whenever it's like a, like a big current event or something happens like, you know, in, in the news or, you know, pop culture or whenever it may be, right, and something always talked about, I always kind of let it die, wait for it to die down for a second before I address it because I always know, like, yo, people react before the facts so much. Check out the episode on my podcast, by the way, reacts for the, react for the facts. But people, like, will jump to conclusions before all the information and stuff is out there, right? It's an emotional draw, it's an emotional thing. And so, there's so one thing recently, right, um, which was interesting for perception, was uh, with Dwayne Wade and his um, now daughter coming out as transgender, uh, his former son, named Zion, which is now, uh, she goes by Zaya, okay? And, you know, a lot of people had a lot of different opinions and thoughts and stuff on this. And I just want to say this much, right? Now, look, it's not my business to tell, you know, Dwayne Wade what to do as a parent and father. At the end of the day, look, you know what I mean? Whether you agree with it or not, whatever that decision that his daughter is making, um, you know, in the day, a parent's job is to always love your child unconditionally regardless of what happens. You know, that's that's what parents do. And a lot of people, for starters, who felt some type of way about that because they never experienced that unconditional love from a parent, unfortunately. So there's that's foreign to them, so they don't understand what that's about. It's, it's the only way he's not going to abandon his child in a time of need and stuff like that. What kind of parent does that? Regardless of what you believe or think is right or wrong, okay? So I'll start by saying that. Okay. Now, with the thing said, right, you know, a lot of times people make family issues private, right? People keep issues at home, you know, or they, you know, make things that just might want, you know, it's not publicized, right? And so that's always someone's right, okay, for sure. Now, this situation was interesting because they made this a really highly public thing. I mean, they, you know, had Dwayne Wade went on a press conference, essentially. Um, you know, uh, his daughter Zaya had made a, a video and stuff like that, went viral, you know, with Gabby and Dwayne Wade posted stuff and everything. Then D-Wade went almost like all these different talk shows and stuff like that, talking about it on every almost sports show from on ESPN and everything. They were talking about it and everything like that. Uh, Dwayne Wade, you know, did, again, Gabby started talking about it as well and everything, made posts and stuff, and everybody's talking about it. So they had themselves, right, really going and made this a thing, okay? Um, so here's my thing, right? At that point, when you made it such a public thing, again, you yourself have gone out there and publicly done a lot of attention to it. So people have opinions about it, right? For example, like Lil Boosie, right? Boosie got in trouble because, you know, basically he was talking about, you know, he was, I guess, not supportive of that decision of that his child's transition or whatever, right? And a lot of people hopping on stuff and everything like that. Oh, why worry about someone's kid doing X, Y, Z, yada. And it's like, yo, at some point I feel what y'all saying, but it's like when you make it such a public thing, like you yourself, like it's one thing, right? A D-Wade's you know, child came out, and there was maybe like a small little article or something like that about it. Like an article, maybe. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right, you know, bet. You know what I mean? And then after the article, right, people all start just like going in, going in, going in, going in, right? And everybody's talking about Everybody's still talking about Everybody's still talking about right? I'm like, all right, yeah, that's doing too much. Why are you worried about the kid's child? All right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But then it's like, at the same time, it's like now when you make it, like you go out your way. I mean, and again, it's like one thing, make a little video on Instagram. One thing, you know, Zai makes a video. But then, like, all right, you go on these different talk shows and press conferences, doing all this extra stuff and everything, talking about it. 
you're making every you're making everyone's business. That's that's literally the point of you doing it. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? So people understand it. So it's like, look, I think sometimes we don't live in a utopia. I'm not saying the comments and everyone people made are right. You know what I'm saying? But like it opens a floodgate for that stuff to happen. Like you have to understand that's what comes with it. You're already a celebrity as it is. You're not so no name person. Like you're Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union. Like what? Like of course you already have a you're you you one of the greatest basketball players ever. Like of course. Like you know what I'm saying like you have a high profile. You and your wife very high profiles. So anything I do is gonna get a lot of attention and stuff. And you go out your way to almost make even more of that attention. Um, it's gonna cause people to react. So I think people need to understand that's just part of society now. You can't do all that now. I kind of look at the same thing with Lizzo, where she got a lot of, uh, you know, people with negative feedback and stuff like that. It was because, like, it's one thing, yo, she was just chilling, minding her business and stuff like that, and everybody attacked her and everything. Oh, you're like, all right, yeah, people are bullying her, doing too much. But it's like, when she's doing, like, a whole bunch of extra stuff to draw attention to herself, wearing a whole bunch of crazy stuff, Twerking, get your ass out at the Lakers game. Doing a whole bunch, all this stuff and everything. You draw, you're you literally going out your way for attention. That's the only reason doing this stuff. It's for attention. Where is crazy stuff for attention? Making, you know, basically news and stuff on on Twitter and stuff like that for attention. Well, you're going to draw back positive and negative, you know what I mean, feedback. That's just what happens. So you got to stop living this whole, this reality burst of perception. And, like, people are going to have comment and feedback so that goes to again where I try to react before certain things happen after they happen talk about them I, I look at um kind of what happened here with uh, with Snoop Dogg and you know and we called out Gil King and recently you know Snoop has went on uh, on Jenna Pika Smith on her TV show talk about this incident and how it happened right and for a lot of people who may not know um, you know, after uh, Kobe Bryant, R.I.P. Kobe. Um, you know, after his death, and there's a lot, of, you know, talk and stuff like that. And basically, Gail King, who we don't know, is also as a, you know, as a prominent journalist and everything as well. Also, real good friends of Oprah. It's like her best friend. Um, basically, Gail King was interviewing Lisa Leslie, talk about Kobe Bryant and stuff. And as we know, look, everyone has their personal legacy and everything. And as we know, you know, part of Kobe on. Unfortunately, you know, it was these allegations, um, you know, from 2003, um, Colorado, and these alleged, you know, um, sexual assault, which is very, very serious um, charges. Uh, not take that lightly by any means necessary, okay? Uh, it's definitely something that, you know, should not be, you know, taking talk about, you know, lightly or taking for granted of anything at all, right? It's very serious things. But, again, these allegations, and after the legal system and everything proved, these allegations were um, proven false, and these charges were dropped. Um, and again, that was something from 17 years ago. Okay. And moved on. And since then, Kobe Bryant has definitely done a lot of stuff to try to understand that situation better. Um, I think to, you know, make sure that, you know, something that was swept on the rug in terms of trying to make sure that these things don't happen to other people and just, you know, really just taking accountability for you know, his part action in the situation and everything. Right. But Gil King pressed this lessee on these rape allegations of Kobe. And it's like, the man wasn't even buried yet. And I'm not saying can't talk about but it's like it's not it's again it's like he was already proven in a court of law this is not did not happen this is moved on and stuff past this there was no if ands or buts and at that point if you didn't bring it up in that situation it's like what for what point for starters i mean you're just doing this really just for the let the people be the uh, you know 
court of judgment. I mean, that's the only reason to bring it up. And then it's like, okay, it's one thing you bring up because that's your job. Okay. That's part of course, that's part of the code of legacy. Okay. But at least that's the answer for no, that's something that, you know, again, she just, you know, she didn't think Kobe was that, that type of person at all. She was talking about, like, you know, she would see that's not him and, um, you know, he's different. He's different. He was an aggressive person, anything at all, right? That was, that was not part of his character. And Gil King suppressing it. And that's the part I have an issue with. It's not actually, you know, it has to question, which I do have a problem with, but I understand it, whatever. But you kept pressing the issue. Are you sure, Lisa? Because you're friends with him. You're not seeing the whole way. And that's what I'm calling hypocrisy right there. And basically, after the whole interview, a lot of people like Snoop Dogg made a very, you know, and Lucy as well, but especially Snoop Dogg made a very large event, inflammatory, you know, remark, you know, calling her out, stuff like that, and everything like that, calling a bunch of names, calling a bunch of B words, all this, that, and the third, right? And, um, you know, as a whole, at the end of the day, right, I don't think Snoop handled that the best, to be honest. Uh, in the day, you know what I mean? I understand. Look, I think Gail was 100% in the wrong, anything like that, and I'll explain all that more. And I don't even knock you know, the message you're trying to say, because you, you're right. Um, but how you went about and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Especially coming out of a black woman. Um, you know, I think you could have just laid off calling her a bitch as much. I think it definitely could have maybe helped out. Besides that, everything else is pretty much on point. Uh, so the, the biggest aspect to it, right, is that people like Gil King and Oprah, who have both been behind um, some documentaries and things on uh, some of these black men who have been some um, convicted, some um, accused of some type of, you know, Me Too stuff or anything or allegations. That's from you know, Bill Cosby to R. Kelly, right? Um, you know what I mean? Or, you know, the Michael Jackson stuff. And it's like, unfortunately, because Oprah and them have behind a lot of these things, like Russell Simmons and documentary come trying to come out on him. And the reason is, people with issues is like, it's not necessarily that you're trying to bring light to a situation. For some things, again, it's like, for Michael Jackson, for example, like, you know, this is, for you to hop behind a documentary behind that, it's like, what you're doing? For what? I mean, these allegations stuff have already been proven false. Um, but the problem is, these are all black men and stuff and everything. And then, like, my thing is like, are right, you want to call people out? Bet, cool. But make it a spade a spade. And it's like, some of her close friends, for example, like Harvey Weinstein, the Oprah and Gail King both had a strong relationship with, there was no surviving Harvey Weinstein documentary coming out. For example, one hypocrisy I said with Gail King is that, look, Charlie Rose, you know, a prominent, respected, from a news journalist and everything as well, you know, he was accused of, uh, you know, sexual assault and some type of misconduct with women over 27 times. And Gail King said, well, I, I stand by a friend. That was her quote on that, basically on that situation stuff. Where's the Charlie Rose documentary coming out? Or Al Franken, the former, you know, um, senator who had to resign due to some sexual misconduct in Me Too. Gail King, again, said at the time, hey, well, there's two sides to every story. See, my thing is suddenly then with these gentlemen, now there's room to wiggle. Now there's may not be as a possibility. Now it may not be as true. I don't know. You don't go after them. But this thing about that Kobe interview, it's like, all right, you asked the question, but Lisa said, no, that wasn't him. You pressed, are you sure it's your friend? But Charlie Rose was accused by 20, Kobe in a day, Kobe was accused by one woman. Which, what, so serious, but accused of one woman. In a very, you know, grayer situation. Charlie Rose was accused by over 27 women. 27, that's not, I mean, like, 27 ain't lying. <laughs> I'm sorry. 27 is not lying. I'm saying all I'm telling you, but 27 is not lying. Um, and you just say I stand by a friend, and that's it. Hypocrisy. 
You don't call these other people and stuff out. Just call the black men out. Um, and I'm not saying, like, I might try to take a stance, like, oh, you're talking, like, look, if these people are in, guilty, then they're guilty, okay? Then I'm not, I'm not against justice. But be consistent. Don't hide behind these people. That's a big issue right there. Perception. And that's how a lot of people view it. And so those are things I think that, like, again, with emotion, with that situation. Because one thing as well I want to say was Snoop just went to, um, he went to Jay Pinkett's show and stuff and everything. I, also for her, I realized Jay Pink is not as woke and as untouched as I thought she was. Because one thing I don't agree with is how basically said what Snoop was talking about to Gail King somehow, some way that was respect to all black women around. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Gil King was in the wrong, to be honest. And I think that's the time we had to keep people accountable. I don't think Snoop Dogg calling her a bitch left and right was necessarily the best way to conduct that. But I think she did need to be reprimanded. So I think that's the message that kind of got under lost in that stuff. How she became the victim and everything. And I don't think that should be the case. And um, again, that's perception. And again, with those those two instances, especially with D. Wade and and staying here with you know, Gil King and Oprah and stuff. And um, it's like, you know, people are always going to have an emotional pull to it and energy and what they feel is right, what they feel is wrong. And again, a lot of times it's kind of reality versus perception, how it comes into it. And, you know, again, for example, especially D-Wade, look, you, you want to invite everyone to your journey in life and everything like that and do a large proponent to make sure we all know about it, okay? But then you understand as well that it's going to come with some other another side to that as well so you, people gotta keep that in mind and just again not get too caught up in perception and just understand that look like you gotta be consistent with your emotion feel your emotion and it's a very large component so with that I'm gonna wrap things up always understand that like you're in control of your reality you're in control of your situation but it really just depends on how you go about it and how you see things. Uh, you, you have to be balanced with stuff. You can't always have emotion take away from logic and what's happening. It will blind that. You won't see the truth. It happens in relationships. It happens in um, at work. It happens in, in sports. It happens in, in school. Wherever wherever it's at, right, it, it, it's, it affects it. It's part of communication. And we get lost with our communication oftentimes. And that we don't understand the various components that go along to it. And when I say communication, I think a lot of people don't understand as well. Like communication isn't that simple. It's actually like a technical process. I think a lot of people struggle. Especially relationships or, you know what I mean, various different things. People struggle with communication. And there's actually three actual functions of communication. It's coordinating, transmission of information, and sharing emotions and feelings. See that last part right there? Emotions and feelings. And into that, there's like almost like five parts of actual like communication. There's a sender, encodes, medium, receiver, decodes. A right, sender is like the person who's going to send information. So let's say like you're having a conversation, you're texting someone, right? You know what I mean? You're just sending, I'm sending a text out. The medium is the function message is communicated. So it's written, it's spoken, texted, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Snapchat or whatever it may be. You got the receiver, also the person who is getting that message, who is sent to. All right. And then also the last time you have, you know what I'm saying, is um the codes. It's basically how the person actually sees the information and stuff. 
And that's honestly where there's a big breakdown in communication on my part is really to the process of the receiver and also the person who decodes it because a lot of time depends on emotion and feeling and how it's going on at the time. For example, if someone's in a good or bad mood or something like that, let's say someone's in a bad mood and you send a message to me and I'm in a bad mood, I'm not really thinking clearly, I'm not seeing it all for what it is and I take the message the wrong way or for some type of way about it. Because I'm in a bad mood and I take it the wrong way, when I'm looking at decoding this message and stuff like that, it's going down to a negative path. And that's where a lot of people have breakdown and stuff like that. It goes to the other hand as well, the person that's sending the message, how they're trying to actually transcribe it and send this thing, they're not be doing articulate the right way. Especially a lot of times like emails, stuff like that, where you can't like see like emotion. You don't understand someone being smart, someone being serious, someone being, you know, um, you know, very aggressive, whatever it may be. And that breakdown of emotion and communication happens so often where that message that the sender is trying to send to that receiver by the time it's decoded, it's not it. It's like that game, you know, plays a kid where everybody lines up next to each other and the first person has to like whisper something and it's like someone's ear and they got to pass it around and by like that, by the time like gets like the 10th, 15th person, it's like a whole different message or something like that, completely different what the person initially tried to say. But that's what happens here with like this communication stuff. And I feel like that's what happens people with breakdown, whether it's relationships, whether it's friendships, whether that's, um, you know, professional aspects. Um, in all aspects of life, communication is key. And I bring that back to my original opponent talking about even what emotion into politics and emotion into perception. And it's a communication aspect, how stuff's said. Again, like I said, Obama and Trump are smooth talker, charisma, right? It's communication, how it's coming about. Again, how times where you think, you know, Obama's, you know, only, you know, flaws a tan suit and stuff like that. Because, again, it's communicated. You think he's a smooth dude. We can't do anything wrong. Or because the mainstream media, which you're catered to, whether your news station isn't talking about it, it's communicated to you. And vice versa as well for Trump. He can marry you something wrong and do nothing right. It depends what you see. What you see, communication. So those components are all very key, how they blend to our society as a whole and people function. So... Make sure you are communicating well. Keep emotions in check. Understand perceptions in two-way street. And always remain balanced. If you do these things, you're able to keep some of your sanity. <laughs> I promise. With that being said, it's all about staying connected. So, make sure you check out last week's next week's episode as well. And as usual, make sure you stay tuned, stay hip, stay connected.